And Matt, do you want to do the intro or do you want me to do the intro? Um, I don't remember. What did we do last time? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So yeah. why don't you, you roll for it? Honestly. That's right. We roll. <laughs> we, need a, we need a dice roller. And, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Okay. Shit. You're going to make me actually get a die. Oh, I got mine right here. Your, your graying dice right. bag? <laughs> yeah, no, look. It's still good. It's just got some. Are we, are we, rolling, are we rolling a D20? Is that how that's working? I only got D6s right here. All right, I got a D6. I got a D6. I got them all. Uh, right, so high, high roll goes. High roll goes? Okay. I got a six. Got a two. All right. Fans have been trapped a bunch of aging role-playing gamers in their homes, forcing them to crawl out of their pen and paper comfort zone and into the online world of virtual tabletops and video calls. To join them as they raise the curtain to share their stories, insights, and love all things geek. So grab your long sword and your plus one bottle of Viagra and get ready for another episode of Advanced Age Role-Playing Gamers Podcast. That's a lot of syllables for one sentence. Welcome to the Advanced Age Role-Playing Gamers Podcast uh, series of Meet the Cast. Today, we're going to meet uh, Tyr. Hello, everybody. All right, Tyr. So we just want to get a chance to sit down with you and ask you a few questions about yourself and sort of your history with gaming. Uh, I'm here, and I've also got a co-host, Nathan. He's going to be asking some questions as well. Um, and so, uh, and if you, you know, you want to expand on it, go ahead. So I'll just go ahead and I'll get started. It's really just for you. Uh, so go ahead, please introduce yourself. Well, hi everybody out there. Uh, I'm Tier, um, otherwise uh, otherwise known as John. Uh, funny story. I know you guys are going to ask about it. Why 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 am I why why am I calling me Tier? Like what why is that my name? It's a nickname from college. Uh, ask me details later. I'll tell you. Especially if you have a drink in hand, it's no problem at all. Um, I'm a environmental scientist, uh, health and safety, sometimes weenie, uh, and uh, I've been gaming most of my adult life since I was about 12 or 13 years old. So I guess that, that dovetails in. So we're going to say, when did you start uh, role-playing games, playing role-playing games? I, I would have to say, and it's hard to remember because, God, it's, it literally has been that long ago. It'd have to be around, say, 1988, I would imagine. Um, I remember talking to my friend Jay Myers, who lived down the block from me in, uh, in New Jersey. Uh, we had just become friends. It was the first time I had a friend who didn't live within two blocks of me. Uh, we had gone to school and I said something about, uh, about games. And he's like, oh, I've got a great game for us to play. It's called Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds great. Uh, and went over to his uh, went over to his house and made a character and played a few games and I was hooked from day one. In fact, I think we only played maybe two sessions uh, before something happened. We never played again. But after that, I got bit by the bug, and anything I could do after that that was related to gaming or role playing game, I I wanted to do. I mean, it wasn't until college that I really met groups of people who were really into it, but. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I, my, my, it just exploded from there. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so after D and D, what else? What did you play? What's the first system you played after D and D? 
Uh, well, so I started with, I mean, Jay and I, uh, we actually even got my little brother to play a session, um, which yeah, he would never do. To, he would never do today. Uh, we played the red D and D box set. Mm-hmm. You know, we took the crayon and you colored in the colored in the depressions on the die. Um, that was my first introduction to gaming. Like after after that, I think the next game I played was AD and D. Like I found an old beat up copy of Dungeons Master's Guide. I mean, like dog eared and whatever. And uh, I read it cover to cover several times. Oh, there you go. There's the TS. There it is. Well, that's not the same one I had. The same the one had the red dragon on front. Uh, yeah. That dial looks from- You need a new crayon. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was the classic. Yeah, I had the red dragon on front, the fighter with the, the shield and the sword. Mm. Uh, I mean, you know, it's one of those things like you spent, I mean, just looking at that picture, I can remember spe- spending like an hour just looking at that picture, just thinking about the story in my head. I mean, you know, then I, I like I, I went and I found a bunch of books and stories. Uh, I started board gaming at that point. I think after that, but before I went over to AD&D, I played uh, Talisman. Uh, oh, yeah. Warhammer board game. Did not know how to play. The, the set I got had no instructions. It was a used set. So it had no, I had to figure out how to play the game. And I had a group of people and we'd play it all the time. We played that thing till it was broken, bent. We had thrown it up against the wall in frustration. Um, but it, it, anything to scratch that itch, like to get that bug, like, cause I loved it so much. And yeah. And then I went straight over to AD&D. Cool. All right. So do you remember what your first character was? Oh yeah. With that box set. If you, if I remember correctly, there was no class or race. It was all the same thing. I remember playing an elf who was kind of a, you know, like a fighter mage, if I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his name is Hunt because it was 1988 and, you know, guys like, you know, like, Cliff and Flint and you know what have you? They they all all the GI Joe guys had one name, so why couldn't my character? Um, I tried to give him like a fake Elvish name after I finally read Tolkien and what have you. But no, that's that's I even created him in AD and D later on to try to continue that. But uh, you know, it's there was just so much to do after that, and you know, so many so many possibilities to explore, so many worlds, so many different characters. Cool. Um, so do you have a uh, favorite game system right now? Man, that is really tough. Uh, I mean, I still love D&D to this day, I have to say. I mean, I know it's not perfect. It's really not. And I spent a long time away. I mean, my whole time when I was living in Europe, I didn't play. The whole time I was in Afghanistan, obviously I didn't play because there was no fun there. <laughs> you know, that that's almost 10 years. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, four years and four years in Europe, four year, four and a half years in Afghanistan, where I was just away, and it was good because I got to skip the whole three point five edition thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've heard that wasn't a lot of fun, uh, but I still, I, I do, I still, I still default back to D and D. Yeah. I um, do you have so we, we talked a little bit about your first character. Uh, what are some uh, a couple of your favorite characters you've played and why? Matt, you're going to know this real well because um, from GURPS Fantasy, my psionicist. Um, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I created that character specifically to annoy the rules lawyer uh, James in that game. Like he was designed specifically 
to annoy him because I can't stand, I couldn't stand the character that James had in that game. Uh, oh, he had the I wild mage, right? If James, if James is listening to this, I, I love James as a person, but I could not stand that character. And all I wanted to do was have a character that could could either foil him or possibly kill him. Because <laughs> he was, he was playing an overpowered mage. He was, you know, just packed double, like it was some kind of double powered wild magic mage. Yeah, I think he was like a wild mage who upped like the local level around him or something weird like that. Yeah, where like, if, he, if he critically failed, he super critically failed. Right, right. And, you know, he did all this stuff and he just, he didn't care about anybody else there. And I just, I, I, I remember because we played the first, I don't know how many sessions before anybody even found out that I was playing a psionicist. <laughs> just, he, he just pretended to be a, a fighter who was a, you know, who was a squire that to, to one of the kings who got attached to the party. I wouldn't even say it. I wouldn't put my powers out just because I didn't want him to know. And it turned out like, just so this character who was just basically made to be a foil to, to bother this one guy turned out to be one of my favorite, favorite stories I've ever created. Like he is just so in depth uh, about what happened to him. I mean, he wound up traveling back in time. He had, I mean, he, he, he had a legend after him. Like it, people, you know, would say the name and we, we got back to the regular, um, campaign after I don't know how long of a break and people were telling stories and legends and only I knew that that was my character you know and it was just it was absolutely fantastic um our our GM Malcolm who is just wonderful a wonderful person just he just wove a story that I, I've never forgotten I like I really thought about writing it into a book you know it's con- converting it into a novel form yeah it, it was a very uh, uh well Malcolm's very good at painting a very uh, colorful tapestry for for his worlds, um, yep. yeah, I mean, cool. He, yeah, and he, unlike he, us, he, you know, he, <laughs> he put the, he put the background, he put the canvas, and we just we went from there. All of us did. I mean, every uh, almost every character in that in that game who I didn't even think could have a good background just really did. Like they came into it with so much flavor, you know. All right. Yeah. So, um, you know, what keeps you playing role playing games? I like the creative outlet. I really do. I, I mean, I, I love, you know, I love sci-fi and fantasy. I love to read. I love to immerse myself. You know, that's my, that's my genre of choice when it comes to TV and movies and what have you. But I also like to create and I like to, you know, make part of my own story. Even if it's not my own, a complete my own story, even the games that I run um, where I'm, or I'm the GM, you know, it all it does is let me paint the empty background and the players fill that with their stories. Um, and I enjoy I enjoy that process of creation. I mean, it, it, it it's never what you expect. And you guys both know that. Yeah, you know, you, you've run you've run how many games, you know, and you expect the players to go from A to B, but they wind up going down to Z, D, Z, D and Q first. And then and maybe and maybe they get to be. <laughs> it's a great process and I enjoy it utilizes a part of my brain that I don't get to you to, to use anywhere else. And it helps keep me alive. Honestly. That's nice. Being alive. So given, given all, Oh, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Some people wouldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so given all that, so why do you, why do you think role-playing games are so popular today? I mean, we all kind of 
we all went through the sort of, you know, uh, role-playing game is the devil or, you know, I, I, I myself, so I said, you know, I know people who still won't uh, admit at, in, work, in their workplace that they play, but, but now it seems like it's everywhere. You know, you've got stars, but why do you think it's so popular? I think it's, it's the change in our society, honestly. Look back 50 years, look back 30 years, uh, look back further than that. We all had different kind of outlets, but a lot of those were out, you know, outdoors, uh, sports and groups. And, you know, you could get when I was a kid, you could get on a bike and you could bike down the street and stay out to the stay out to the street. Lights got dark and then you'd come home. People aren't comfortable with their kids doing that these days. Now there it's play dates and you go here and you go there and you go meet up here at this park. Um, a lot more constrained, like, you know, when adults, yeah, I mean, again, I wasn't, you know, when I, I was a kid, I'm looking at it, but you know, you had larger, you know, maybe our society was more agrarian when we were older, we got outside and we, you know, even if we weren't, that wasn't our main job, we all had gardens and we all did this. There's actually, um, there's actually a study done in the seventies, um, in Germany where people would go out, you know, they, they, were increasingly disconnected and dis, discomforted um, with their modern lifestyles, you know, being in their apartments in the big city and what have you. And this guy said, you know, you got to you got to go out and you got to connect with something and you got to go out. He said, go out and connect with nature, but you can't afford it. You live in a city. So what the German government did was take a bunch of useless land, land under, you know, on ramps to highways and land next to power power lines and things like land that you just couldn't build on. Um, and he, they broke it up into tiny lots and they, uh, they let people lease it for 99 years. Uh, these little tiny lots and they're called in the, 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 the scientist's name was Schraber. And I, I probably, I'm probably butchering his theories and I apologize, Dr. Schraber. Uh, but it gave them something to do outside their normal life. Uh, so they could go out and they could feel the earth and they could make a little garden and they could put their energies into that. Um, and and it's made people great. I mean, they, people wind up building these little sheds and staying out there all weekend. You couldn't have plumbing or anything like that. So they'd have chemical toilets and whatever, but they'd beautiful little things just to escape their day-to-day, you know, cubicle life and what have you. And I think that's what we're seeing here a lot is we're seeing a lot of people, especially during the pandemic. Um, yeah. We're seeing people doing the same thing again and again and again in the same space with the same people. And there's no escape. Uh, there's nothing to put their creative energies into. Um, you know, it's been a really hard winter, you know, hard, uh, you know, hard spring, hard summer, hard winter. But, you know, you're seeing a rise in handicrafts. Uh, people doing things, people doing old school things like puzzles, which have a very tactile feel, but it, you know, you're, you're thinking with your brain and you're putting, you're putting these things together. You're, you're seeing people take up hobbies and what have you. Um, and and role-playing, I think, is one of, those, one of those outlets. It gives people an escape from the, no- from the norm. Cool. Yeah. So just, just as a quick note, uh, yeah. I remember Stephanie, Nathan. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so so her grandparents had one of those little lots, and I went out there, uh, and they had a tiny little shed, and they had right, and they had this little little patchwork garden, and a whole bunch of them, like a whole group of them, and they were older, and they would go out on the weekends and stay most of the day. So yeah, no, that's it's a great little thing they did out there. That's really cool. It is, it, yeah. It's. I mean, I, I would know. I knew families uh, in Germany. They're like, oh yeah, we're going to our Schrebergarten this weekend. It's <laughs> like just the whole weekend. They're out in this little thing just to to get away from the city and embrace nature, embrace something a little bit different, and it was just wonderful for them. I wish we did something like that here. Hmm. Would be nice. Not going to happen. Um, <laughs> ooh. Sorry, cancel something here. Almost deleted something. Um, you were letting me go from the podcast already. Right? Nah, not yet. We're not done. <laughs> Should, we're done with you. Sure we're, well, we're, start, we're starting to divert from, right? We started out as a role, but now we're going to start talking about gardening and, and <laughs> we're going to do a return to nature podcast. Uh, Bird watching. That's right. <laughs> we, we do lots of things. There was a big article in that about how how how, how people in Manhattan are, are are embracing break bird watching, you know, because they're you know you could do it out you could do it outside and get away to the park and you don't have to do it around anybody else. I mean, I grew up outside of Manhattan, you know, over the over the river, and you know what they did in that time. I never expected to find bird watchers in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one of you know you gotta watch out because some lady might throw a dog at you. But uh, anyway, um, so uh, you know you've you've had a, a lot of uh, real world experiences uh, away from role playing. Uh, how do you think that's uh, uh, influenced uh, how you actually uh, play the games? It's definitely. I mean, it's changed me as a person. Um, Traveling the world, meeting people from all over, from, you know, uh, Asia, the Middle East, um, Europe, you know, seeing bits of history. But I mean, it, it, it just finding out that people all over are basically the same. We're all kind of like, we all just, you know, we don't like to go to work, but we do. We get our money. We come home. You know, we want to, you know, we want to spend the time with our families or we don't. Um, and then, you know, we want to go to bed and we want to be left alone on the weekends. Um, it, oh, it, everybody's kind of the same. There's no like, you know, you cross a border and then you just meet an alien race of people. It, it's, it's, it's not how, how it works. Um, but, you know, like seeing these cultures and seeing how, you know, even a, a space of a few miles, uh, you know, how can change an entire people in their, you know, what they eat and what they see and what they have. But it's, it's all understandable where you, you know, like, Oh, you just went over that mountain range and they're in a different Valley and a different flower grows there. So your cows make a different cheese. And therefore you have a different festival at that time of year. It's so, it brings a whole new perspective, you know, where Hmm. I didn't think about where my characters came from, in the past, or I didn't think about their race that much other than the stats bonuses they gave me. You know, yeah. now I like to think about, you know, what's their society like? You know, what is my character part of that? What's, you know, how does that affect it? It, you know, in some games I get to play that out. I get to really enjoy it. You know, I mean, uh, I have a game right now that I'm in where I'm playing a, a Kenku and he is an outcast um, and he's, he thinks he's cursed because he can actually 
form his own, for, you know, in a way he can form his own ideas, which if you look at the Kenku race, it's there, they pretty much mimic everything they see. And for him, for him to be able to have an original idea, uh, it, you know, it was already a problem. You know, he was, he was beaten. He was out, he was cast out. Now he's growing. Now he's, he grew up in a, he grew up in a different human society and he thinks that there's something wrong with him. You know, for a long time, he thought he was cursed. Um, so yeah, it, it, just thinking about that, it adds a whole new spin on how you play games. Well, I guess, uh, is there anything else that you'd like the listeners to know about you? I mean, uh, I've done a lot in my time. Um, I'm very grateful for it. I met some wonderful people, <laughs> met some non-wonderful people. Uh <laughs> Hey, look, you know, I don't, I don't yuck anybody's yum. I, I don't, you know, <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm really happy for the experiences I've had. I mean, you know, Sean will come in and, and he'll, t- oh yeah, tears done this. Did you know he was at nine 11? And did you know that he did this stuff? He chased anthrax across the country or whatever. I'm like, those are the worst experiences I can think in my life. You know, he, high, he highlights those. He goes, oh, you've done all that. And I'm like, those are terrible experiences. Like, I couldn't sleep at night for some, during some of that stuff. I mean, not the great stuff. You know, did, did you forget he's an Irish Catholic? That, that, that's what that, those are the good days. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Oh, you must feel guilty of that. <laughs> um, I just, I, you know, I learned, I learned a lot of things about the Irish that I thought were, I did not know were, uh, were real, you know, because I... Sean, I spent most of you know, oh yeah, he's he's really Irish. Then I went to Ireland. <laughs> I spent time out there. I still to this never day to this day will never trust an Irish person when they give me directions. I'm sorry, I know that's racist. Uh, but um, I've had experiences <laughs> with directions in Ireland my entire life. Uh, I'd probably still be there uh, if I took directions to get out of the country. But it's it, it's I, I love I love the fact that I've seen and done a lot. And I know you guys have done too. And it's, um, it's nice to be able to talk to somebody who's done and been to, been to some of the same places and done some of the same things. Because when I talk about it, you know, like I grew up and I grew up poor. I mean, we were barely able to get by, you know, I was, I was lucky we had a roof over our heads and, you know, we could afford to put meals on the table, but it was tight. And, you know, reading these stories about seeing the worlds and any world and, you know, uh, studying, you know, studying geology uh, originally in school before I switched over. And well, sorry, I actually started, I, funny, I started in English. I started as a chemical engineer. That's how I applied to college. Hmm. Immediately got there, switched to English lit <laughs> and then switched to English lit and geology. Um, but I was the only geologist they'd ever met or graduated who had done his senior seminar in Shakespeare <laughs> instead of field camp. Uh, I, I couldn't afford it at the time. So, but yeah, so, so I came from, I, I, I didn't have like, I, you know, I bought my, I saved up my money, bought my own, bought my own cars, um, you know, doing working after school, like paper routes. I did everything. You're like, and I never thought I'd get to see the world. And so my whole goal going through school and whatever is that it was one of the things is I want to see more of the world. And I was lucky to land a job. And then while I was in that job, find a position that let me do that. 
that let me start by going to Germany and then, you know, the rest of Europe and then later on Asia and then everywhere else, everywhere else I've been, you know, I've been all over and I was lucky and it was fantastic. And I wish I, I wish for everyone to have those kind of experiences, if that's what they want, if they want to get out, expand their minds, do it. I mean, absolutely do it. So, you know, Nate, if you if you'll indulge me, I think I'm going to add a question to the um, to the list for all the rest of them. because I think it's one that I, I kind of remit for not uh, adding in there. So um, is it, is missionary. Why did why does here so much? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. No, that's uh, fine. Why? What? So why can't you shut the fuck up? That's No, you know, it's funny. I, I forgot to put them on the list and so we can edit some of the prayer. But um, so how would you so what's what has the effect of COVID been on on gaming, good and bad for you? I I mean I gotta say I really enjoy the sensation of being at a table with people that face to face because it's easy to get distracted by my other monitor, uh, by my phone, by whatever else is going on in the house. You know, so much porn. So much, (laughs) you know, like the girlfriend's kids are, you know, asking for snacks and got to go to bed. uh, So I enjoy that face to face. However, the upside is that I'm gaming now more than I ever did before the pandemic. Because we can take, we can carve out one or two hours that we can all find together in our houses where, you know, Matt, you put your kids to bed. I've got the, you know, I've got the girlfriend's kids tonight or I don't or, um, we can all find a little bit of time together and physical distance isn't a thing. So I can game with my friends on the West coast if I wanted to, or, you know, anything like I was in last year, this time uh, we started playing online because I was working in Puerto Rico during earthquakes. That was fantastic. During the middle of a game, I got to dive, I got to dive under a table because the building <laughs> is shaking that I'm in. Um, so it really lets, it, there's a lot more flexibility like that. And it's, it's a sign of a good game is if you've got your people engaged enough that you can, you know, that you, you could see that, that this is all they're doing is they're in the story and what have you. Um, that's why it's a detriment to big games online. You know, big groups makes it a little bit harder, especially if everybody just, if everybody else is doing something else, like I'm doing this in the background of the video and you're doing this and I'm doing it. It makes it hard to focus. But if you're weaving a good story and you're really into it, you know it. You know when your pa- your players are paying attention. Yeah, I find our our, yeah. our sessions um, go by super fast, even with yeah. so many people. It's a, we've got a pretty big pretty big group. So, all right, I've got I've got a question that you should add. You should ask for me. Sure. You should ask me if I'd like to parlay. Say <laughs> <laughs> so, which which so so speaking of that, uh, someone's got a you know if you got a good font or something. Uh, and you can cut. Um, you should. We should, you know, Koopa's looking for um, graphics mm-hmm. stuff. We should uh, like a little. Like I took a picture of those. Uh, a pair of dice, one with the twenty and one with the one. Yeah. And that's like the balance. Uh, we need like a parlay. We need some sort of parlay. In, in, in fancy calligraphy, where he's holding up the stereo and just change that out. It just says parlay. Parlay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. For people who are not, you know, who are listening to this, uh, to this audio, right? we had a game that Nathan was running previous to this where I'm playing a paladin and, you know, we went, we were going to attack this, uh, 
this this deal with this fortress full of hill giants, my character decided to parlay with them to see if there was a peaceful way of going about this first. And he, the rest of the, the rest of the party was never let him forget that because while he was trying to do this, they attacked the other side of the fortress by themselves and got routed. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, they blame him. Somehow got their ass handed to them. Yeah, that's right. Would you attack a whole fortress, (laughs) armed fortified fortress of hill giants during the day? Well, I Probably I, I can agree it was with much you. Better, but <laughs> I can agree with you. Darg, Darg saw no problem in it. Darg marches to the beat of his own drum. I mean, it's <laughs> all right. Well, well, Tier, thanks for uh, sitting down and talking with us. Uh, thank, thank look forward to uh, yeah. glad you could connect with the listeners, and uh, you can look forward to uh, um, hearing Tier in uh, many of our stories. So until then, uh, thanks a lot from uh, me, Matt. Nathan. And me, Tier. All right, great. Till next time. Uh, <laughs> like us, follow us, send us money, anything you want to do. All right, this is the uh, Advanced Age Role-Playing Gamers podcast, Meet the Cast with Tier. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs>